0: Very ironically, we failed to come up with an opening for this episode. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kid's ministry director talk about raising a Christ centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. and welcome to Christ in the Chaos. I am Kathleen. And I am Joel. And today we are talking about
1: my volume control. Okay, there I am. That's better. I was just very loud.
0: Failure. <laughs> just like that. Um,
1: yeah, I did that on purpose as an example
0: of failure. Today we're going to be talking about the kinds of failure, um, what God can do and does do with failure, and how to cope and kind of thrive in failure
1: um or at least survive speaking
0: of failure how are you doing
1: hey wait a minute
0: (laughs) Not you're a failure but Uh,
1: so this is the check-in yes as a reminder check in with your family not necessarily right right now but sometime today grab your spouse or your significant other and say hey how are you doing and get an honest answer i'm doing well I don't think I'm allowed to complain right now because tomorrow I'm leaving for a conference. It's fine. It's going to be easier
0: with you gone for two days. Well, I won't have anyone to clean up after.
1: There you go. I guess I will go cry in the corner now. No,
0: I love sharing parenthood with you and, um, and sharing the ups and, and your and the downs. Life. And my life. Yes, I go. love all of it. But um, on a very practical level, a lot of the times it's just easier when you're gone for short
1: periods of time. Speaking of failure, your only failure in life was marrying. <laughs> no, you're me.
0: fantastic. It's just I get to be in control for two days, and I really like that.
1: Yeah, we're gonna do our next episode on co-parenting. <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? How are you?
0: Um I'm doing great at home, I would say. Um I am I feel like this is like the constant battle. I am struggling at work. Um just our Summer camp is so big. It's such a big project and I'm having trouble getting my feet under me and I keep like throwing other things away so that I can get it done. And it just seems to like grow and get closer. And we are, I'm very excited um, that we're going to my, on a like big trip this month um, to Disneyland and to my brother's wedding. And it's going to be amazing. And my goal is that I want to be totally focused on and relaxed for the family time and not have the weight of um our summer camp over me and so getting to that point means i have less than three weeks to get so many ducks in a row and um it just there's so many variables it freaks me out and i i can't relax <laughs> ever i guess i'll be taking melatonin tonight
1: yeah that's kind of your usual state though no it's just it would be the first vacation you ever relaxed on <laughs> yeah that's true i guess maybe we need god to help us deal we should talk about that
0: So today we're talking about failure, um, which is a great topic to talk about because I think it is the one that touches all of us.
1: Finally, we're talking about something I'm better at than you.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, you know? I'm like thinking through though, like, you know, of all of the topics that we've done, like which one has the most general applicability to people and families and what people are going through right now. And it's like almost every single one of us is experiencing um, we're about to experience some major failure in our life. Um, and I think that there's a an impulse that that might be because we're doing something wrong in the kingdom of God. Um, but I would or make an generally. argument that it's super biblical that we fail. Um, human failure is probably the most common theme or occurrence that happens in the whole Bible. That's like the thing. People are flawed and the narrative when you go through the whole Bible from beginning to end, it is God remains faithful through failure and uses failure for good. Um, So there's different kinds of failure. And the one that is like just everywhere in the Bible um, are humans falling short, starting with the first fail, the fall, Adam and Eve taking that That apple. That was bad. That was, (laughs) no. So Adam and Eve fall short when they disobey God by eating the one fruit that they weren't supposed to eat. Noah. It actually um, probably
1: wasn't an apple, but.
0: Yeah, no, I always just, it's the mental picture of the apple. Noah, um, like, is saved while all humanity is, like, sent away and, and dead, and then um, sort of fails God um, by getting drunk and ending up in a tent and having bad stuff happen to him. Moses is supposed to, like, listen to God, and God says, tell the rock to do something, and instead Moses hits the rock to do something and doesn't get to enter the promised land. David- a Bit harsh. David is, like- he's kind of the best case scenario but then he kind of sees this hot girl in a bathtub and then has her uh husband sent to the front line so that he'll die um and then pays a big price for that i feel
1: you david i fell for a hot girl too
0: (laughs) so then you go into um if you look at Like in the Bible, if you're looking, if you're like, well, what are 1st and 2nd Samuel and 1st and 2nd Chronicles and 1st and 2nd Kings? They're all just failures. They're all people who are big failures. They're
1: stories of failure. They are stories of... The books themselves are not failures. No, the the
0: books are great. But the stories are, it's literally like, and then King blah, 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 blah came forward. And he left idols up and he did not do things that were pleasing to the Lord. And that's all it is, is a big list of those. Um, And even the best kings failed God in some way.
1: That's the whole old testament that it's a it's a story of people falling short of god giving us the garden god giving us the laws and the rules and the people of israel continually fall short and god is not like god just says hey go he sends his prophets and the prophets come and the prophets say
0: warning warning people, warning, yeah
1: people of israel <laughs> do this or this will happen And then the Babylonians come in and take them into exile. Yes. Then they're saved from exile. And it is just the whole Bible is predicated on human failure and our need for God. People failed. And so God sent Jesus. That's the New Testament, right? The new covenant.
0: So did people stop failing, Joel?
1: No. But God stopped remembering that we failed because Jesus.
0: We still have that 33 years of time where Jesus is born. And uh, all of that God-forgetting stuff hasn't happened yet, um, where Jesus' disciples fail. Yes. He, like, ask them, like, they're like, Peter, hey. the
1: rock, fails three times. Yeah.
0: Um, by denying Jesus right right in the, like, thick of the, the death on the cross. Um, the religious leaders ref- cannot see what Jesus is or do see and fail to obey God. Pharisees
1: and Sadducees, it's literally your only job. Yes. I forget which one were the rule people. Might have been the Levites who were in charge of, like keeping the rules like we have the Ten Commandments and you guys are in charge of the rules and they just couldn't keep it together well
0: they the problem is they didn't understand what what was important and the rules were not what was important but regardless God is there to himself to tell them what is important and they're like yeah we'll just do what we want to do because it's a lot it's a lot better when I'm in power
1: we talk a lot about systems on this podcast and God's system is the only one probably that works (laughs) that God just okay you know what I got it. God's going to take care of it. So
0: the question is, when humans fall short, when we fail in that way, because I think that as humans, too, that we are, that is our most common fail, um, is falling short, sinning against God, being disobedient, failing to listen, living an apathetic, lukewarm life. Um, when we fall short in that way, what, how does God use that? Um, and he uses it because eventually the consequences of our sin, the consequences of us falling short, um, occur. And they reveal to us what is true, which is that we need God in a real way. And so here's a long reading and I will do my best. This is from Luke 7:40 through 50. And Jesus said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher, a certain money lender has two debtors, one owed 500 denarii, is it denarii? And Uh the other 50 and they could not pay. And he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? And Simon answered the one, I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. And then turning to the woman. So this is like the sinful woman that like should not have been touching Jesus, but was like super up in there, like taking care of him and doing all the things to honor him. Do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. And yet she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And you gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet, and you did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he is who forgiven for little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who were among the table began to say to themselves, who is this who forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. And the whole point of that is the more you need God and the more you realize you need God and internalize that um, the
1: closer you can be. That's a key point is the more you realize, because we all need God. Yes. Uh, We We can
0: just sin, 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 sin. Well, it's not
1: like, I mean, that's kind of Jesus' point. Like, hey, I came into your house. You invited me in. You obviously think you're hot stuff, but you need me just as much as she does. Yes. She just realizes it.
0: So those failures where we fall short are there to um, reveal to us how much we need God. So, but the question is then, if we fail by falling short and we, we realize we need God, what action can we take um, to cope and deal and move forward? Um, and for that, it's repent and seek God's help. And by repent, it's always like one of those big religious words that I keep explaining to the kids, but it's basically to turn back towards God, to seek the forgiveness that you need to seek um, from God, and the, if there's a person that has been wronged or sinned against in the process, um, and to just start looking for God's help again. To if you don't want to do a repeat thing, or if you just want to grow in a certain way, to ask for God to grow you in that way.
1: Apologize and try not to do that anymore.
0: So, speaking of Joel, how do you fall short?
1: How don't I fall short? Oh, I fall short in so many ways. My, I'm impatient. I have a short attention span. This is all with my family. I don't care about the rest of you. With my wife and my Maybe kids. Maybe that's
0: f- you not caring about anybody, but your family would be an example of falling short. You can just start right
1: there. Fair enough. But I I just, I'll catch myself just being impatient with the kids, being impatient with you. Not having an attention span for you guys is something I, I struggle with. And I think it's a place I really fall short that I need to work on. And now I'm saying it out loud on a podcast to tens of listeners. I don't know what
0: you mean. Do you mean like you're on your phone? I'm on
1: my phone. Okay. um,
0: Okay, And
1: I'll have something I want to do, not just on my phone, but I'll want to make my lunch for tomorrow. I'll want to, you know, do something. Mm -hmm. And then the kids need me and I'm like, I don't, you know, you get angry. Yeah. You're short tempered with them because they need your
0: your thing done. Yeah. And it wasn't even important.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, I could do it later, but I don't want to do it later. I want to do it right now. I want what I want. It all comes back to narcissism and selfishness. No. Yeah. But I think that's when I feel convicted, that's when I can feel convicted the most about is my petty things over what other people need, particularly you guys. What have you got? I, what do I, you fail at?
0: I feel like a broken record, but my my failure is the The words I use and the way that I treat you when I'm tired more than anything else, Um, I know what I want for our marriage and I cannot seem to make my words and my actions in line with it.
1: I have a pretty strong policy that I will never hold anything against someone when they're tired. It (laughs) doesn't
0: matter. It's still a failure it's still like i my, say bad well, things and here's i'm tired thing. we have my genetics have late als- onset alzheimer's and when my when everything when my ability to filter goes away i want there to be a person with a really good heart behind like at, at the very base i want like i want that jesus love to be at my core and when i am stripped away of my my faculties because I'm so tired and I become a mean person, It what it tells me is that underneath the surface, I am a mean person and I don't want that to be what's at the core. And so um, trying to change and be transformed in a way where even when I'm not my best, I can be kind and loving that I just, I fail at that and I am continuing to fail at that. And um, I am also continuing to acknowledge that I need God to make that change in me and um, I ask for it.
1: And that's a good—I mean, those are both good things where focusing on God can bring you into line with what you want and who you want to be. And by acting godly and, and walking towards God, it will change who you are on the inside.
0: Now, the other kind of failure that we identified was worldly failure that isn't really failure to God. Um, This is things like...
1: Failures God uses.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about, like, you lost your job, that feels like a failure. When your marriage or relationship falls apart, that feels like a failure. Um, When your kid doesn't achieve the way you thought they were going to achieve, that feels like a failure. But that is a failure by worldly standards that God can use um, to his purposes and will use to his purposes.
1: God is a God of second chances. He's a God who picks us up from our own failures, and he turns them into something.
0: He molds us with them. Some examples of this from the Bible, starting with Joseph.
1: Lots of examples of this from the Bible. One might say the whole Bible. The whole Bible, yes. Good stories about it. Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. I mean, his life was a failure for the first big part of it, right? Sold into slavery, then thrown into jail. Then, you know, like threatened with execution. And that's all failure, failure, failure. Those all worldly failures. He was at the lowest point that you could be a prisoner in jail with no family to take care of him. But if he hadn't gone to jail, the people of God, the kingdom of Israel, wouldn't have survived the famine. Mm -hmm. God used that failure. It was a failure. It wasn't a failure. It was a step. That's a better way of saying it. It it was a step towards the fulfillment of the plan, not a fall on the part of the person. It
0: was a a necessary step, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. It or was... at
1: the very least, it is a failure that God then said, "Okay, I can use this. I can push you down where I need you to be. You fail, but that's okay. I'm here for you."
0: Even Jesus's death on the cross is a worldly failure if you look at like if you look at that story being
1: crucified is a pretty big worldly failure
0: (laughs) if you look at that story and we talk and like um you look at palm sunday and everybody's looking and they're like oh this guy is it this guy is the messiah this is gonna happen and then like one week later they are yelling crucify him and he absolutely for real dies up on that hill and um, for three days before the resurrection, it has the the ring of probably the history's most epic failure in the world ever. It, I mean, it looks like evil defeated.
1: He's going to win every conversation about failure. Like, like, oh, I feel like a failure because I it's cheated like, like, oh, on my really?
0: diet. Did all of the people yeah. that you were supposed to save put you on a cross and nail you to? I, and I was make nailed fun a of piece you of and wood be- and yeah. hung for three no. days. Um, So the. It was a failure that was that an apparent worldly failure. By our standards, his death would have been failure. But we now know that with his death, sin and death were defeated. And that through his, the power of his resurrection, we know that. Um, we know that he is God and what happened in that um, worldly failure. Um, but it looks to those randos in, in um, Jerusalem, Like, oh, there, that Jesus guy just died. Um, To them, it looks like failure. To Mm -hmm. them, it's bad. Yeah. Um, And then there's Paul, um, who um, is kind of the uh, apostle plus um, at the end that gets like the real spirit of God in him and just kind of is just enlivened with the gospel. And as he's going around in this brand new world of Christendom, starting all of these tiny churches and trying to just foster them into anything beyond what they were, like the 10 Mm -hmm. to 100 people in any given geographical area, he goes to prison like several times. Um, And you would think that uh, getting caught and being imprisoned would be a failure. Um, He's got a job to spread the gospel, and he is now located himself in one place (laughs) in a world where there is no U.S. Postal Service.
1: But you know who's in prison? People.
0: Yes. Um. So, like, the most obvious, the in um Philippi, he um saves the jailer and his family. They like they reach salvation through him preaching to them. Um. And I think don't doesn't like the jail shake or something too. There's like some big event.
1: Yeah, that's why he's in charge of the keys.
0: Yes. I um, think a
1: better example of Paul as a failure is he had a lot of worldly success. Yes. He was a successful professional. He was the man. Yeah. He was outstanding in his field, a respected field at the time. So it wasn't just, yeah, he was wealthy. He probably had a nice house. And he dropped all of that to go wander around the Mediterranean and go to jail a bunch and eventually die over it.
0: Yeah. He got shipwrecked at one point. Like things do not go well from a worldly perspective. From for Paul, that's a pretty. As soon as he starts following Jesus, but he learns through it contentment. He um, brings galvanizes the churches through his pain and suffering. They become more committed and inspired to be bold through him.
1: And the modern church was built off of his work. He spread it outside of Jerusalem. He spread it amongst the Gentiles. That's godly success.
0: So the question is, with this worldly failure that isn't failure, um, what is God doing? And the answer is very simple. God is achieving what God wants to achieve. Um, We hurt sometimes in the process because we are still in this world. We are of this world and we are in Christ, but we are still in this world. Because
1: we want nice cars. And God's plan doesn't include nice cars.
0: Um, But the action going forward is to seek God, uh, read your Bible, ask him what he wants, ask for the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to what he is doing with your failure and to move forward in faith. Um, Actually, one of the hardest things to fail at is ministry. Um, And people I see in my job all the time, people coming up with things that they believe are of God and for God and are inspired by God. And they devote their time and effort and energy into it. And it just flops into nothing.
1: I miss taco church.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought that was a great idea.
0: And there's all kinds of taco churches out there that like every, <laughs> no, I mean, it's really true. Um, And the thing is, God may not, I, you know, even I was thinking of, um, when I was making this list is my Wiggles program, um, which has had some success in some ways, but in reality, for the amount of effort and energy that's gone into it has been a flop. I like created a, a weekly story time for our, that had no religious element to it just to serve our public and bring people onto our campus. And the reality is like in no meaningful numbers did anybody ever attend. And, um, I really thought that that was from God. I really thought that God was calling me to do that. And the reality is the few people that were brought into or connected with me through that program, that's enough. Mm -hmm. That is enough. God did something with it. And the fact that I am not the, the new Rafi does not affect the fact that it was a success in the eyes of God.
1: Yeah. Well, and it bled into... You do wiggles for the public and then you do wiggles for the preschool. Yes. And now you're connecting. You have something that connects with those kids that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. And all of those kids are going to get into children's ministry and they were already going to be connected to you because you're there every week. And money and success and a thousand kids showing up every week to watch you is worldly success. Mm -hmm. But godly success is those connections, those. Families and we've had a couple of families who've come in through that program. The kids who or connect. Certainly to you, connections
0: have been deep, yeah. deepened through that program.
1: And memories have been made. And when those kids grow up, they're gonna remember church fondly.
0: That being said, I also and I know this is something that I'm sure people feel is is the failure itself at the nicest a redirection. And at the sometimes I just imagine God being like, that's not what I called you to do like rolling his eyes at me and you know what I mean? Like I, I know God and I know God's character and I know that when I do something for him, he's not rolling his eyes at me. But sometimes when I think about the things that I choose to do in ministry or choices that I make in my life, um, when they fail, I think God is sitting there going, that's not, no. Well, I on. hope
1: God is saying that rather than, yes, that's exactly what I wanted you to do. How did you screw it up?
0: Yeah, or I'm thinking that.
1: My failures, I feel, are my own.
0: They might be, but that doesn't mean that God can't use them.
1: I agree. He is a God of, I can I can deal with this. He is a God of, okay, I see what you did there. Let's fix it.
0: Is there a time when you feel like you were being redirected by failure?
1: Not at the time. In retrospect. Go on. I spent a few years unemployed, and that was hard. Because uh, it wasn't just unemployment; it was crushing unemployment. It was um, really bad. It was everyone at the time was. We graduated from law school in 2010, and we were really lucky. Kathleen got a job that was able to sustain us. But I mean, I was applying for part-time positions against people who had been practicing for years. I was sending out resumes every day, and nothing crickets back. Your job was a miracle that you got. It was hard emotionally for me. and But through that time, we ended up in our house because of that economic downturn. Um, Because of everything that was going on, the things that caused me to be unemployed also allowed us to get into this house. Yes, unquestionably true. And getting into this house put us right next to the church where we're at. And so we're kind of in the middle of and a, us- a few local churches. And we went, we ended up, if we lived somewhere else, we probably wouldn't have ended up at the church we're at. And the church we're at is where we were supposed to be.
0: Yeah. And also you being unemployed led to the church giving you the sort of like pity job of children's minister. Um
1: I like to think of it as them recognizing an opportunity (laughs) that is mutually beneficial. I'm
0: sure that's how they would put it, too. But
1: They're very kind people.
0: um, They they knew you were qualified to do that job, and they wanted to throw money at you because you were a peak. I mean, maybe that wasn't their motivation, um, but I have always been very thankful that they came up with a way to throw money at Mm -hmm. us. And what Jokes it led... Jokes on them,
1: I wasn't qualified, but, but it led to you ending up in that was, position where you It was you like my belong. call.
0: It was your... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you had to go three years of unemployment so that I could get my call, but I got it. And um, It's okay. And I'd do anything for you. That failure led to, I hope, a lot in the kingdom of God.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's really obvious. And we were just talking about how I grew up in the church. I have been to... Dozens of different Sunday schools. I've, more than dozens. I've seen a ton of children's programs. I've been to hundreds of VBSs. It's just what you're supposed to be doing. And that failure, that worldly failure of not being where I wanted to be in my profession led right where we were supposed to be. Yes. Almost like there was a a plan. (laughs) And that's hard at the time, I couldn't have told you that, even when we got the house and we were able to afford the house despite the single income because of how what everything was going on, yeah,
0: the market was just so and even low. with two
1: incomes, two, three years before that, we wouldn't have been able to afford this house. Mm-hmm. That's true, but even at the time, I would have told you this is terrible. I would do anything to not be doing this right now, and I was wrong
0: in hindsight <laughs> it was very difficult at the time,
1: yeah, so redirect. Look for God. Try and find where God is leading you through that failure. Try and find what part of that failure you can use to seek the kingdom and to seek God's plan.
0: Failure is all well and good when it applies to us, but when it applies to our kids...
1: Yeah, I've gotten good at failure. You no,
0: know, but I haven't got good at letting our kids fail. It's <laughs> the worst. It is
1: hard to watch them fail. Not that my children ever fail.
0: But the reality is, if you do not let your kids fail, you are denying God the ability to do these things that he does with failure. The Bible says, failure, 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 and here's God being faithful and God using it.
1: They also need to learn how to fail. Yes,
0: but the the reason they need to learn how to fail is because... God is using them to build their character mm-hmm. and to make them into the people that he wants them to be. So and then what so do you suggest? Don't get in the way of their failure by rescuing them at every corner. Use discretion of where you're going to provide help and not and ultimately let them them fail um, so that they can so that God can do what he needs to do.
1: Um but make sure that they know or that you help them see where that failure is leading and how to deal with a worldly failure, and find godly success.
0: So you're talking about identifying um, whether or not failure is them falling short and helping them go through that process of repentance and seeking God's help. Sounds like it's too big for a little kid, but it's really not to be like, here's how you uh, sinned against your brother. Here's how you sinned against your teammate. Um, And here's what we can do about it. And then reassure them that God loves them and that mm-hmm. you love them and then move on. It doesn't have to be, I mean, repentance always sounds scary, but it does not have to be something a four-year-old <laughs> cannot handle. Um, and then Yeah, if well, it's, they
1: can, a four-year-old can handle, say you're sorry and try not to do it again. That's repentance. They can do that. And then... No,
0: that is not what you say. Say you're sorry and then seek God's help in not doing it again, which is easy to do enough. in prayer at night. We talk about yeah. so maybe some of the things that went wrong that day. And we just ask for God's help with the next day with the with mm-hmm. those things. Um, no big deal. It's not under your control. The whole point is you need God. And so does mommy and so does daddy. So part of this process, in addition to identifying um, what kind of failure it is, is modeling coping with failure as an adult. Mm-hmm. And that means you let them see you fail, that you acknowledge failure when it happens, um, which you were talking about, Um, having patience, and I was talking about the way I talk about you. Um, Those failures, especially those times that we fall short, acknowledging them in front of our kids um, and then showing them how we deal with it is the number one way. You can sit there and rub a kid's back all you want when they fail, but if they see you fail and they see you rely on God, that is the much better way of teaching them to cope. Um, That doesn't mean you can't also be rubbing their back.
1: No, you should, (laughs) and I think walking them through... We had... Dane likes to run. It's his favorite thing to do. And so we put him in a kid's marathon. It was a hundred was like yards a, no, or it something. Like,
0: it was like a 200-yard run. Yeah. They like and ran so to a cone and back. He,
1: he was... He was He was the youngest by four years, three years. He I mean. was
0: like just two.
1: He was tiny. It was and adorable. he was running. Uh, and he, he would... Even at two, he ran a mile at one point. Yep. And so we're like, okay, we'll do this thing. And he was... Not last, which was a problem because the girl who was last was much older than like him. Like
0: totally old enough to understand she knew that exactly she was getting what last was going place.
1: To a two-year-old. Yeah. And so you, being the better person, <laughs> kind of slowed him down. And we thought he didn't notice, but he did. Yep. And then a year later, he was looking at his medal because everyone got a medal, right? Because when you run a marathon, you get a medal and a bib and a yes. whole thing. And they did, it. they did a great job. They did the whole thing. And he looked at it. He goes, oh, yeah, that's my medal, but I lost. Mm-hmm. And you, again, being the good parent you are, said, no, you didn't lose. You let that other girl win so that she could win. And that was the right thing to do. That was good sportsmanship and good godly behavior of you saw. And you put it on him, even though I don't think he thought no. about it at the time yeah. but you saw that speaking she was sad becoming. that she was sad because she was losing and so you let her go by you even though you were faster and that was really good and i think he he latched onto that like mm-hmm. yeah yeah i did i totally let her go by me because i'm great <laughs> and <laughs> but that back to our episode of speaking into him who he is becoming
0: yeah and it's it's just a matter of acknowledging that that failure is only losing that race being the dead last person is only a worldly failure that that the um seeing the feelings of someone else and allowing them to avoid negative feelings when it didn't it's not something that really mattered to him when it really came down to it that's a triumph and that's a triumph for god Um, yeah he
1: lost nothing and gave her A whole afternoon of crying.
0: Yep, Um, Because he was two. um, And it really didn't affect him negatively. So, I mean, it's just a matter of going through the same process that is not complicated um, with your kids. We try not
1: to do anything complicated here because I have to be able to participate. Exactly. Okay, let's get to our next segment.
0: So that came up. So this week in kids ministry, um, the kids... Uh, we're doing the sermon series that they're doing in big church is going off the map. And essentially the message that I was trying to get the kid is that the kids is that God's what God wants from us is to seek him. That um, it may not look like a totally planned out map for our lives. That's that's just set from beginning to end. But God's plan for us is to, in every circumstance and at every stage, seek his will. Um, and so I had the kids do a map of their lives, you know, like a timeline of where they were going to go to school and how many kids they were going to have. It's so they were much gonna get less married. than that.
1: It's so, you're making it sound like he had some artistic participation in this map. It was a drawn out map and you filled in blank. He didn't even fill it in. Yes. I filled it in for him because I was the teacher assistant that day. So I was helping the kids fill it in. So I wrote in, hey, Dane, what do you want to be when you grow up? Okay. And I wrote that on the line. Daddy. And then, okay. And how many kids do you want to have? And what do you want to do for you your job? For how
0: many kids do you want to have?
1: Two. Okay. The correct number. Oh jeez. And when do you want to retire? Disagree. He said he wanted to retire at fifty. And then he said, No, fifty hundred. <laughs> and so right it, it was really like I scribbled in in okay, pen, okay, okay, okay. his answers online.
0: So the exercise was I collected the kids' maps at the end of it and then I ripped them in half. And I said, Our plans are not what matters and I pulled out another map that said seek God in the middle of it and it showed how you can seek God through prayer and um, reading God's word and being a part. But when I ripped that map in half, the tears started flowing down his face and he looked devastated and he said, are we going to tape mine back together? Um, And I realized that my youngest, he's, uh it was like a weird day. We happened to have some younger kids in the group were probably not ready for me to do the rip their art project in half lesson. <laughs> The other kids his age handled it okay, but of course our kid was the one that couldn't deal with having his map ripped in half. Um, so it just made me rethink messaging for children who have barely emotionally developed um, to that level.
1: <laughs> All right, let's uh, find a prayer out. Dear God, be with us in our failures, be with us in our successes, and help us see the difference between one and the other. Help us see your successes and your victories and not seek those worldly successes that are so shiny and so tempting. Help us see where you're guiding us through our failures and help us deal with those failures so that we can find your triumph in them. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in at email.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.